Shalom everybody. We are continuing with where we left off in Lukut Alachot, section Orachayim. Hilchot Birkat Hoda'ah, the laws of the blessings of giving thanks, discourse number 6. We are continuing in paragraph 23. Where of Nosin, because of the concept of oil, connected it to the blessing of Asher. And as Asher's blessing connotes and relates to all of Am Yisrael, being the final blessing given by Moshe Rabbeinu, at the end of Parashat Vezot Abracha, before Moshe Benu's passing. And in this, Rav Nosin found a hint that this is such a general idea that it relates to the concepts that we're speaking about in this discourse based on the Kutimoran Lesson 24. So, Rav Nosin, his key was the idea of oil. Tovel B'Shem and Raglo, and the Na'alim and the feet, like we went into in the last class. And Rav Nosin, as is his way, he begins to connect also the other concepts in these verses to the ideas mentioned in this lesson to show you how far-reaching Rabbi Nachman's teachings are. You should know Rabbi Nachman once said that of every single lesson in his book, Likud Timuran, you can go with it and interpret, interpret the entire Torah, that means the whole Bible, the Tanakh, the Gemara, the Midrash, the Zohar, all the Pardes, the entire Torah can be explained through any Torah in the Kutimuram. So Rav he finds an opportunity, he jumps on it, and he opens up to us amazing ideas. So Rav now goes back to the verses in this final blessing in Parshat Vezot Abracha, where after the last blessing of Asher, then, right, it says there, then the following verse, if you remember, with the two verses, is the first one is Tovel B'Shem and Raglo, right? And Asher Amar Hashem said, Tovel B'Shem and Raglo, that's verse 24 in chapter 20, 33 of Dvarim, Then we spoke about the iron and the copper on the shoes, okay? And the, the days have brachot, and our Rav is opening up the following, the following verse, which he mentioned earlier, but he is going back to reiterate it and repoint point the new points that come out. The verse reads, verse 26 reads like this, Ein ka'el yeshurun rochev shamayim be'ezrecha uvegavato shechakim. How Rashi explains it is like this, You, yeshurun, the Jewish people, you should know, Ein ka'el, there's no God like our God, the Lord. Ein ka'el yeshurun, who, and, and His qualities of them are, that Hashem is rochev shamayim, the one who rides over the heavens, Be'ezvecha, he's there to help you, Uvigavato Shechakim, and in his greatness, his haughtiness, he rides over the Shechakim, the place in the heavens where the manna comes down from, Shechak, is that where they grind the manna, fine? So, Rav now wants to focus on the opening part of this verse. What is this, Ein Ka'el Yishurun? Rav explains like this, Vezeh, Ein Ka'el Yishurun, this is the meaning of, and you, Yeshua, and you should know there's no God like En Ka'el. There's no one like Hashem. What does that mean? Shezeu bechinat otsem ha'alamat hasagato. When we say, you know, Jewish people, Am Yisrael, Yeshua, there's no one like God. What does that mean? There's no one like God. That, in other words, the, the idea that's coming out is the following. That this is showing you how hidden and concealed is the perception of God. When we say, there's no God like God, what does that mean? That He's so totally concealed. He's so hidden. 
other gods that are the idols, everything you see them. You see idols made chasashan or whatever. But by God, when we say there's no god like God, what does that mean? That's referring to how concealed is the perception of this God, of our God. Because like it says in the opening of the Tikkun Ezar, page 17a, it's also from the famous Patach Eliyahu that people tend to say before Shacharit, before Mincha. So in Patach Eliyahu, Eliyahu Navi says there in the Tikkun Ezar, about Hashem's greatness, Kilet Machashava Tfisa Beklal. No thought can grasp Hashem at all. No mind, no thought can grasp Hashem at all. That's Hashem's greatness. And Rav Nosson is connecting that to what it says in this verse. This is what we mean, what is meant when it's written. When Moshe Benu says, you should know Yeshurun, there's no one, no other, there's no one like Hashem. Meaning we can't reach, we can't perceive Him. It's like the, 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 the Midrash and the Gemara, they mock the idol worshippers. They make an idol and then they worship it. You made it. You create it. And then you worship it. So you have a grasp in it because you made it. Hashem is way above everything, everyone. You can't fathom Him. That's the idea of Hashem's greatness. You can't grasp Him. There's no grasp. Don't think you can grasp Hashem. You can't grasp Him. Okay? Your goal in life is to constantly try to come as close as possible. You're running to grasp and perceive Him, but you never will. You never can. And yet, nonetheless, like it says in Lesson 24, the tendency of every human being is to run after Hashem. To, to pursue, even though you know you're not going to reach, you're not going to reach because it's, it's unreachable. But yet, Hashem created the mind that is always running to pursue. But like the Zohar says, late no thought can perceive and fathom Hashem. Okay, so Rosh says this is hinted to in these words in this verse here in Vezot Abracha, ain kael yeshurun. Okay, she ain't shum davar velo shum shem vechinui lechanoto uledamoto bo. That means. There's no item, there's no even name or expression or a, a nickname or a term to coin and to compare Hashem with. We can't compare Hashem. When we say, there's no one I can compare Him to. I can't compare Hashem to anything in order to express who He is. Like it says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 25, Rav Nosson quotes from that verse the following. Like what it says, like the Prophet says, the Isaiah says in that chapter, Ve'elmi, or he's saying on behalf of Hashem, Hashem says, Ve'elmi te'damyuni ve'eshve, the verse continues, Yomar Kadosh. And to, to who, Hashem says, through the Prophet Isaiah, to who do you think you can compare me with the dimyon, comparison, and equate me? <laughs> Yomar Kadosh. That's why we say Hashem is holy, because no one, nothing can be used to compare Hashem and to equate Him with. That's what Hashem says. El me, who, who do you think you can compare me with and equate me with? So Renosin explains this better so we can understand what he's getting at. Kikol Hashmot Emrak Lachar Tzimtzum. This contradicts what we see. We call Hashem a name. We give Him a name. Yud Kevavke. We pronounce it Hashem. He has Aleph Dalit Nun Yed. He has Shim Dalit Yud. Aleph Lamed. Aleph Lamed. Hein Yud Mem. All these names that Hashem has, He does have names. So how could you just say right now that how could we fathom and perceive Hashem in a name? So there's two perceptions of God from our perspective. That's what we're not going to say now. 
כל השמות הם רק לאחר צמצום. Any name that we have given God, so we can express Him, so we can relate to Him, okay? Any expression we have is only in this world after the constriction. There's what's called the tzimtzum. The tzimtzum is referring to what in the Kabbalah explains that initial, the initial point, beginning point of creation. Hashem before creation was everywhere. He was everywhere. There was no existence outside of Hashem. But Hashem, like the Kabbalist explained to us, He wanted there to be a recipient of His goodness. What good is Hashem being called good if there's no one to receive it? At least this idea is a concept of perspective from our limited physical minds. So Hashem, as if to say, created what's called the Tzimtzum. He made a constriction. He made an empty hollow within Himself. So by doing so, He constricted His light from this certain area. And in this area, He created the universe. The universe that we know is within this constriction of Hashem being constricted from there. He's not to be found there. Okay? And in this emptiness, this void, this halal ha-panui, this vacated space, did Hashem create this world. So in this concealment, we can from it perceive Hashem. So because it's considered technically a separate entity, we have now the ability to express Hashem from the perspective of the limited perspective and capacity that we have in this in this constriction so that's what Muslim is saying here all the names that we give Hashem are only after the tzimtzum after being in a constriction Rav Nosen is amazing. He's going to connect this very fundamental Kabbalistic idea to what Rabbi Nachman interprets and explains in Lesson 24. So he says, where did this Tzimtzumim come from? And this is now on a daily level, on a personal level also. You have in your life what's called after the constriction and what's called before the constriction. Before the constriction is when a Jew, any time in his life, even many times, is exposed to a super-duper high light which is above his capacity. But it's only for a flash. Afterwards, he has to build constrictions in order to actually perceive it and bring it down. That's what the whole idea mentioned in this lesson 24. A tzimtzum, how is a tzimtzum made? It's drawn from the running and then the bounce back. So Rav now jumps from this concept of the Kabbalah and now interprets it based on what we've mentioned in Lesson 24 many, many times. He mentioned, if you remember, this concept, that there's what's called running, the mind, the running of the intellect to perceive that a person has a green light to go forward, to advance in his perception of godliness. So he goes forward. It's called Redifa. He runs. He runs. He doesn't walk slowly. He runs. And then... When he's about to perceive a level that he's able to internalize, from heaven he set, sent a, a wall barrier to prevent him from going further, to bounce him back. It's called the me'akev. And by being bounced backwards, which would seem, according to logic, you know, defeating the purpose. The purpose is to perceive Hashem. So go forward. What are you pushing him back for? The pushback is what creates vessels that in these vessels, which are called the constriction, why they call the constriction? Because you've been bounced backwards. To go forward is a lack of constriction. I'm going forward. To constrict and retract a person, that's a tzimtzum, that's expressed on a practical level as the bounce back. 
when you see in life you have a setback, you have a difficulty, a challenge, which messes up your advancement. Everything was going amazing and smoothly. Your learning was amazing. Your davening was amazing. You're on a roll. You're on a roll. You're on a roll. And then boom, you get hit. But why? Why Hashem? Ah, why? Because that's the only way you can perceive Hashem. Is you're given a tzimtzum, a constriction, which bounces you back. That's another term for the constriction. The tzimtzum is another term for the ma'akev, the bounce, the wall barrier, bouncing you back. And you, ex- accepting it properly, create what's called nine chambers. So let's look inside now. This constriction is drawn from the running forward and then the bounce back. Because it's then, when being bounced back by the barrier, does a person perceive Hashem's infinite light which is the expression of Hashem that he says there's no God you can compare Hashem and equate Him with that's the infinite light I can't compare it I can't grasp it to compare it to anything else that's the infinite light experience in life okay so he's saying for us to experience and perceive this infinite light is through the nine chambers created from the bounce back. We've, we mentioned this many, many times. It's the person's three faculties of the brain, of the mind, Chokhmah bin Adat, knowledge, understanding, and wisdom, that when they run into this barrier, they become intertwined, intertwined inter in, mixed up together, so it becomes three times three, which equals nine. It's not like it's a bounce that now causes the combination of these three to be set in another three formats, thus creating a total of nine in total. Nine individual entities of Chokhmah bin Adat and different combinations totaling the number nine. Okay? And what it, what is and that happened because of the bouncing, smashing into this bounce, this barrier, bouncing back, allows for these nine chambers to be created. And then a person is able to perceive the infinite light, which is the God Hashem, before any tzimtzum, before any constriction. Where on that he says, Rav Nosen, what he quoted, what he said, quoting the Zohar, that no machshava can grasp Hashem. Yes, here you're going to grasp Him, but not through the in a format that's not considered grasping. It's called mate vela mate, reaching and not reaching, touching and not touching. You're in and you're out. You re- you have a perception, but you really don't. Two contradictions in one. Okay. That's how you can perceive it. Okay, and he says that even these nine chambers that you've created, and even these nine chambers, Rav Nosen's quoting the Zohar that Rabbi Nachman quotes from Parashat Noach, even these nine chambers that you create, even they themselves, they're not knowable, and they're not attachable. You can't attach them. It's like a fleeting experience above your level. You created from the bounce back these nine chambers. The chambers themselves, you don't have a grasp of them. They're used, though, to give you a fleeting experience of the infinite light above your your your, your mind capacity. Okay? However, it's after this experience in life, after being bounced back and creating the nine vessels to perceive within the infinite light, afterwards now, you can draw from there access to Hashem's holy names. Now there is Kel, Elohim, Yudkevavke, Hashem. All these names now are accessible and Hashem's terms that you call Hashem, the Torim, the titles that you give Hashem, Tzvakot, Shakai, etc. Now, there's type of a grasp. And that's after the Tzimtzum. 
So Vinosan says, this is hinted to what Moshe Rabbeinu is saying here. You know, after you've reached the first two verses in the blessing of Asher, Tovel Bashemen Ragulo, that you dip entirely in this Shemen Mishchat Kodesh, this holy dot, your feet, the mitzvot that were stuck in sadness and exile, you bring them up, and now you dunk them totally in the Shemen Mishchat Kodesh, meaning you seek to come close to the tzaddikim and totally absorb your devotion to Hashem within the oil of the tzaddikim, so that way you have no shemen accessible. As a result, your feet, your mitzvot are protected. Barzel unichoshet min alecha. Iron and copper are your shoes. You have a strong protective force over your mitzvot, which are the legs. The, the level corresponding to the legs, your mitzvot, which are all the way down, all the way down, close proximity to the evil domain, they're now protected. And as a result, according to the days that you serve Hashem, do you have now bracha accessible? Dovecha. The, the nations start pouring in money into you. The idea of bracha coming in. And as a result of all this, you're able now to perceive in a fleeting manner the infinite light. That's the next verse, verse 26. En ka'el yeshurun. You should know yeshurun. There's no one like God. Now you're zochah to perceive that. To perceive that there's no one like God, to perceive the infinite light, okay? That's what Vnosin is getting to at this point, and that was his goal in in this in what we just read now, opening up this verse in light of lesson twenty four also.